Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to all of those of you who are with us online as well. We're so glad you're here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And it's just such a great honor to have all of you here. I know it was cold this morning, and that's new for us here. We've, we've been in the summer for this past December month. Christmas was a summer day, nice balmy summer day, and so we're glad you're here. I'm glad you had your sweater on. Like, this is the one day you get to wear a sweater, so wear it proud and be happy about it. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for being here, uh, and Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I, I genuinely um, have hoped and prayed that um, you've had an amazing Christmas season and that you're fired up about 2022. Anybody fired up about 2022? Anybody happy about it? Yeah. Good. Um, and I'm so glad, especially that you're here for this first Sunday uh, of the new year. And if you normally go to the Saturday night gathering, thank you for joining us here. We're going to start that back up this coming Saturday. Didn't want to do it yesterday, but we're going to do it next week. And uh, it, it's really important, I think, how you start something. I think we all know this. Uh, starting, starting things in the right way is so helpful to how you finish something or how fast or how quickly you can get there. Um, I've heard it said um, that when you're going to start something new, whether it's a, a business or a church or a, a nonprofit organization, whatever it is, they always say that birth weight matters. And what they mean by is that the health at the day that you start something, the overall health, the size of it, has much to say about how well it's going to go in the first weeks or months or years. Those of you who've had a child born prematurely, their birth weight matters so very much in getting their birth weight at the right level. And so it matters how you start and it matters how you're starting, those of you here, those of you online, how you start 2022, starting it strong in God's house on the first Sunday of the year I think is so important. And I just want to say thank you for being here. I think it's, it's really good for your family and for you. Um, it's why we start the beginning of the every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I just want to say a couple of things about that. Uh, Monday through Friday right here in this room uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning, we'll gather here for prayer. And for those of you who've never been part of this, that looks like uh, the band singing a song. Uh, somebody will give a short devotion. And then we'll spend, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes just on our own praying throughout the building uh, there'll be things for you to be praying about. There's prayer focuses that we have out at Next Step Central. They'll be here along the f- stage. But I think the most important thing we can tell you is that we have prayer request cards out in the lobby. Uh, and when you fill one of those out and put them in the, uh, in the, in the we don't have an offering basket, but you give them to the ushers or put them at Next Step Central, those end up, unless you tell us otherwise, that you tell us they're private and then they won't end up here. Those end up across this whole stage and over the next few weeks, I promise you hundreds of people are going to be praying over the requests that you make. And there's a real power and I think a real benefit to knowing I'm not alone in this thing. My family's not alone. My, my, my child's not alone. We're praying. And, and, and last uh, August, when we, d- we do it in January and August, I mean, there were hundreds of cards across here. So I'm just challenging you. If you've got something that you're going through, don't go through it by yourself. Um, bring it to God in prayer and bring it to your church family in prayer. And we're going to be praying with you about that. Saturdays, 9 to 10, and the same thing. We do the very same format. And so we'd love for you to join us with that. If you want to know more about fasting, it's not just a good physical, healthy discipline. Um, it's a good spiritual one as well. And we have resources online, as, you, as uh, Cynthia told you in that package there. So, so let me just tell you quickly, 21 days of prayer is about us giving God our first and our best. 
um, these days of seeking God will just help us align our hearts and our minds to what God has for you individually, what God has for us as a church. And then it puts us on a trajectory, on a pathway um, that I think is so healthy. You've heard me say this. If you go to LifePoint, you've been here for any length of time, I talk about this often. I talk about the principle of the path. The principle of the path says that direction determines destination, not intention. Like, like resolutions are great. They're good intentions. But unless you set a chart, you chart a course, a direction, you don't get where you want to go just by having a good intention. Yes or no, right? It's direction. It's, it's the way you're pointing. And so for us to, to say at the very beginning of the, of the year, I'm going to point myself towards seeking God first, um, it's a great pathway. Here's a principle I try to live by, and I'm going to get to my message here in a moment. This isn't my message. This is 21 days of prayer. I, I do my best in every area of my life to give God my first and my best, and then I trust him with the rest. Does that make sense? So the first of my day, right, whether it's 15, 10, 15 minutes in the Bible, in prayer, and, and, and often I'll go much longer than that, but, but the first part of my day, the first part of my week, that's why we're gathered here, right? First part of my week, first part of my calendar, first part of my, my finances, first part of my time, all of it, I give God my first and my best. And I tr- say, God, I'm trusting you with the rest, and every time he's going to come through. It's a pathway, everybody. It's a pathway that leads to great outcomes. You think in the short term, I didn't feel anything. I didn't experience anything. It's trajectory. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. It's the path along the way, and this is such an important part of that. So anyways, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope, I hope and pray you're going to join us today. Um, we're going to do a standalone message and we're going to start a brand new series next week. I intended to start it today, but I felt like I was supposed to say this. And the message I'm going to give you today, it's not going to apply to everybody. I know it won't, um, but I'm going to do it anyway because I felt like God said, and he was talking to me too, that some folks were going to be here today, some folks were going to be here online that really needed to hear this. Not everybody. So um, if this doesn't apply to you, come back next week. I hope it will. Um, But I hope you'll give grace for the ones who may need to hear uh, what God might say to you today. I, I honestly believe that some of you weren't going to come today. Some of you, you thought about not coming for, it was cold, you were tired, you stayed up too late on New Year's Eve, you slept too long yesterday, you couldn't go to sleep last night. Am I describing anybody? Because you, yeah, right? And, but you came anyway, and I think you came f- for a reason, and I think you're going to figure it out here in a minute. Um, I, I want to boil it down to this. It's a new year. We think about resolutions, and really, if you think about the word resolution, re-solution, finding, again, solution. And really, I think it's God's business, God's good pleasure to provide solutions in our lives for things that are, getting, that are troubling us. And I want, but I want you to think right now of, of the one thing that, that, that's holding you back. Like, think about the one thing that were you to let go of, were you to give over to God, were you to stop doing, could change your life. What is the biggest, and I'm just asking this rhetorically, some people on the other service are like, yeah, it's this. And I was like, okay, well, not so much of that yet, but um, what's the biggest obstacle for you right now in this moment? Like, like, what's the one thing that perhaps you need to let go of in order to move forward? Um, I, I think God knows what this is, and I think, I believe God wants you to know what it is too. Most of you will already know what it is. Um, that attitude, that mindset, that habit, 
that, that consistent sin, maybe it is, in your life that is holding you back and uh, f- stopping you from taking ground. You know, sometimes we come into a new year, and some of you are like early risers, chart-making, graph-creating, gold star, you know, loving, right? Like, and that's awesome. And then some of you are like, uh, I just kind of go with the flow, man, you know. And then some of you are in between those two realms. Can I get an amen on so we're some, right? And so some of you, you like to make lists and have all these resolutions. And I, th- I think that's a really good thing. Like, these are the things I'm going to start doing this year. But I think for some of us, the one thing that might be good is if we consider the one thing we, we should stop doing. Sometimes we want to add, 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 and God wants to subtract. And sometimes in the subtraction, he multiplies. Just blew my own mind, like because I don't really understand math at all. All right, so anyways, the, the thing that we stopped doing, the thing that we let go of, the thing that we broke through, the thing we repented of and turned around and turned away from. So what if instead of thinking about all these things that we have to do to have a great new year, what if we just started thinking about this one thing? And that's the message today, this one thing. Philippians chapter 3, this is a famous passage of scripture. Paul writes it to the church at Philippi, uh, if you don't know. And I love this text, um, and we're going to come back to it again and again through this message. But here's what Paul says. He says, he says I, do, I do not count myself. And if you have your Bible, I want you to underline the, that word, count, my, those two words. I do not count myself to appre- have apprehended. So I just want you to know, really, this is Paul saying, listen, I don't have it all together. Listen, I don't, I'm not next level at all this. Like, I'm not, I haven't figured all this out yet. I haven't arrived yet is what he's trying to say. I, I, I've not arrived yet, but, like, I, I don't know it all, but I do know this one thing. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are, where? Behind, right? And then reaching forward to those things which are, are where? Ahead. So when you get a mental picture, he's, for, he's forgetting things that are behind him and he's reaching forward to things that are ahead. Now, what a powerful verse this is in the new year, forgetting those things which are behind me. How great would that be, right? If you could just blot out from your memory things that you've done, things that have been done to you so that they don't plague you or they don't guilt you, they don't shame you anymore. Like if I could just not remember the bad things I've done or the things that have been done poorly or badly against me, if I forget the losses that I've experienced, not the people that I've lost necessarily, but the pain, you know what I'm saying? The, the gut-wrenching grief of that loss. How, how much freedom could I experience if this were possible? Now, Unfortunately, that's not exactly what he's getting at here because that's not how it works, right? But what he is saying is so powerful. If we could do what Paul did, then we could experience a new year, I think, unlike any other one we've ever experienced for some of us. Let me tell you what forgetting means for our purposes today. Forgetting is about moving on, not about losing my memory. Aren't you glad for that? I'm not going to lose my memory. God doesn't erase our memories about what's happened to us in the past. There's no hypnosis. There's no frontal lobotomy. Can I get an amen on that word, right? Uh, Going on with God, right? Uh, If you decide, think about this. If you decide to pull up a painful or shameful memory at any moment in your life, can you do that, yes or no? 
course you can. You can remember it in a drop of a hat. So, so could Paul. He's not, he doesn't mean like I'm disremembering, right? It, he means I'm moving them on. And some of us honestly have had things so painful, so indelibly imprinted upon our minds that we've just been unable to move on from them and they play on a loop and they pop up in random moments in your life and you feel held hostage to them. So, so forgetting in the way Paul describes it isn't about memory, okay? It's about moving on. It's about moving forward in life. It's, it's not, it's, I'm not gonna get stuck in a place in time in my life, and I'm, I'm not going to get stuck in a bad memory, some bad moment, some bad season of my life, even if it wasn't years ago, even if it was yesterday. I'm not going to get stuck there where I made a mistake or where somebody hurt me or where somebody lied to me or about me, took something from me. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving forward in a new year with a fresh start and a, and a clean slate. And, and this is the one thing that Paul says like he says, I'm not next level at everything, but this is the one thing that I know. I'm going to forget about, I'm going to move on from, I'm going to let go of what lies behind. I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to hang out there. I'm moving forward, and, and honestly, there are some things that I wish that I could forget in my life that I can't forget, but that doesn't mean that I can't move on from them. Just because I can't forget that they happened or that I did them doesn't mean that I can't release them and move forward. P Paul had some really bad memories. If you think, if you know his story, very, very, very embarrassing and very shameful. Uh, in fact, he he had participated in the hunting down of the the incarceration of, and in some cases, the murder of brand new Christian believers who had just started following Jesus. In his zeal for what he believed was the right way to do life and in his traditional Jewish faith, he had done some really bad things to some really good people. And his mistakes uh, could have easily held him captive. But by God's grace and God's help, he had found a way to move on from his past. This is what he's talking about here, and we're going to see it again. I just want us to learn how to do what Paul did, this one thing. That, that, that often what you feel is devastating, um, what, what is a devastating blow, what, what you feel will be an event that has destroyed you and will turn out to be the very thing that God uses to free you. Like, like it can help you become even clearer about what matters most in your life. Sometimes the worst things in our life have happened and we've gotten the best clarity about what matters in life from them. So, so that the thing you think is going to destroy you actually serves to make you. So, so, so let me dig down here for a moment by taking you to a story in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. It's a guy named Joseph. It's the longest story of the stories in the book of Genesis. It's the longest one. It's given the most sort of uh, lettering t time there. So it's in Genesis 41, but before we get there, Joseph, I want to take you back. Joseph is one of 12 sons. He's the 11th in line. He's the favorite son of his old elderly father, so much so that he is treated with favoritism, and his, his brothers, his, his older brothers hate him. They, they literally hate him. They want to kill him. Um, for how he's treated by their dad, by the things that he says. 
And in fact, they, they, at one point they capture him, they beat him up, they bloody him, they put him in a, in, a, in a pit in the ground so that he can't escape, intending to let him die. The eldest brother decides, no, let's just sell him to these slave traders that were coming by. They sell him off to these slave traders. They profit from his slavery. He goes down to Egypt. He's bought by a man named Potiphar. Potiphar is a powerful man in the Egyptian empire. The Egyptian empire in this time, in this season, the most powerful entity in all of the world, like in terms of political power and might, military might and, and, and influence. And then his, his Potiphar's wife lies about Joseph, says that he tried to uh, sexually assault her, and he ends up in prison. Much of this all at the hands of his own brothers. So now when we read this text... From the prison, from a, a slave, he has now risen to be the number two man, just only under the Pharaoh, of the most powerful empire in the world. To this day, in, in, in museums, you can find artifacts from that season of time. Right? This is how powerful Egypt was. So he says, Joseph, this is Genesis 41, Joseph named his firstborn, they're twins, twin boys, Manasseh. And here he says, here's why I'm going to name him this, because this, there's meaning here. It is because God has made me, say this with me, forget all my trouble and all my father's household, his brothers there. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me, what? Fruitful in the land of my suffering. Now there's, there's quite a bit here, but I, I just want to point out for this purpose today, one thing. The names of Joseph's sons were incredibly significant, as was naming a child at, in any part in this, in this historical period. Names mattered. For Joseph, the names of the sons were significant in part because they described the process by which he has evolved, by which he has gotten where he is now, from the pit, from prison, from a slave to where he is now. They describe the process uh, by which he evolves, the process by which he moves forward, which I think we can learn from. It's helpful. First, it's that God, he says, has, notice this word, has made me. See, see, we will often think that in order to be something, somebody, we have to make ourselves this thing by our own effort, by our own willpower. Now, those are all good things, right? I'm not de denouncing willpower effort, but it is God who ultimately does the making, yes or no? It is God who has made me forget, and it is God has, who has made me, what? Fruitful. Now, just side note here. One of the things that I know in a time when you're suffering, because you've lost, because you've been harmed, because you've failed, because you've made mistakes, one thing I know is you won't feel fruitful ever. You won't feel that. And I use the word feel because it's not true that you won't be fruitful. It's just going to feel like you're unfruitful. But, but what we know here is that the progression for Joseph was that God helped him to forget first before he became fruitful. Somehow, in the process of God making him forget or let go of, because that's what it means, it set him up to become fruitful. Does that make sense? Right? Three of you did. Thank you for helping it make sense with me. All right? Yeah. The three of us, we're going to get this. All right? Now about the word forget. Again, he's not talking about forgetting the memories of suffering that he's experienced in Egypt, 
in his father's household. He knows what happened there. He was shunned, abused, rejected, sold into slavery, lied about. You know, he's made painfully aware of all of this. He's not trying to deny. Now, here's the thing. He's not trying to deny that it happened. He's just deciding. He's making a decision through God's help to move on. Right? Let me assure you that God wants you to be fruitful. That he wants you to succeed in the things that matter most in this year. But he also knows that you can't step into a new year. I don't care what your resolutions are. You can't step into a new year and bear fruit in that new year if you're stuck in the past. You, you, you have to allow God to make you, to mold you, to take things off of you, to put what he wants for you in you. There's a process that's at work here. And some of you have been... Have, have robbed yourselves of joy and happiness and peace because you haven't allowed yourself to move forward, that you haven't allowed, and you haven't asked God, God, make me forget and make me fruitful in that order because you won't let go of the past. It's, it's time to move on. It's, it's time to let go of the past. Think about the verse we read in the opener. Paul says he's forgetting those things which are behind him. Again, not his memory. He's letting go of things. And, and, and the, thing, the things of maybe for us last year, right? And at the same time, he's reaching forward to things that are ahead. So think about this. Just think, what if you try to hang on to something in the past and at the same time reach forward for something in the future? What happens you. You get stuck. Yes or no? You, you get stuck. It's impossible to move into something new that God has for you to pursue what's in front of you if you're hanging on still to what's behind you. So, so you get stuck there between what was and what could be in a kind of no man's land. And God says, no, I need you. I want to help you forget what's behind you, so that I can help you take hold of what's in front of you. M much of last year was, especially in those first, I don't know, four or five months of last year was, uh, was for me an act of letting go of old things that were good things, that were great things, the, the things that we had worked so hard to achieve, my wife and I, and to, to, to let go of those and to reach out to whatever new thing God had for our, our family and for me personally and for our church, letting go of and, and, and grieving the losses. Because grief is God's way of helping us transition from old to new, by the way. Don't, don't ever forget that. Grief is the way God helps us go from and let go of old and step into new. And, and grieving that and, 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 and so difficult for us. For my wife and I, but so necessary just to grieve. And then what do you do after you grieve and you lose something? You, you put it, you bury it, don't you? And it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. But, but maybe some of you, that's the very thing you should do is you, you figure out what that one thing is and maybe you put it in a box and you bury it. I know that's weird. People are like, dude, what is he burying? Is that gold? I'm going to dig that up. No, no, it's, it's, the, the yes, it's the one thing that has held me back. I don't want to forget the lessons I learned from the hardship or the loss or the pain. I don't want to forget the good memories of, the, of, 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 of what was attached to that, but I also don't want to get stuck 
in that moment. I want to share something that I risk being misunderstood by sharing, but I want to do it anyway. December 10th of 2020, my wife and my youngest daughter, actually it was December the 11th, the thing happened on December the 10th, we're driving to school through, we live in Holotus, coming down past the Catholic church there um, on, on Bandera Road or Highway 16, and there was a, a man on the side of the road who had been struck and killed by a car. And they had just found him right before they got there, and he was still there. And I came by a little while later, and there was clothes everywhere because he'd been carrying laundry. He'd called his mom to pick him up from work. Some of you remember the story. He's 36 years old, had five kids, and he, was, he needed a ride home. He'd had some trouble uh, in his life. I read the story again just to remind myself. And, and so there at that spot, those of you who live in that area, you've seen it. There's a little shrine set up there on the side of the road, quite quite big, actually, shrine. And, and since that day... Day in and day out, I've seen his mother there with a chair just sitting there, and she decorates it for Christmas, and she decorated it for Dia de los Muertos, and she decorated it for Easter, and she's got balloons. And, and, it, and, and on the one hand, it's this beautiful reminder of how deep a mother's love is, like this incredible wow moment to see that she loved her son and she's trying to honor him and trying to remember him in her own way. But on the other hand, I drive by there knowing what I know about life. And I pray, God, help her move forward. Help her move forward. Like, like at, the, at the risk of being misunderstood, and, and maybe she has other reasons that I don't know of, and, I'm not, and this is not a shot at her, but I, I'm thinking if, if, if I was the son and I could somehow know that my mother was parked at the very place that I lost my life day in and day out for God knows how long it's going to be, I would want to go, Mom, please, thank you, but move on. And, and, and whether I'm right or, or wrong on, on, on my, my take on that, I think it serves as this metaphor for what we do as people, that at the moment of our greatest hurt, or our greatest wound, or our greatest loss, we kind of set up a memorial there. And, and I get the memorial, but it's the, it's, the, it's the constant vigil that I think holds us kind of hostage between what was and what could be. That I think some of us have done this in our minds. Maybe we haven't, maybe we're not sitting on the side of the road. And, and by the way, I'm praying for her. I'm praying that God would help her. If, if it's Whatever she's looking for in that, I'm, I'm praying that God will give that to her. But, but some of us get stuck right there like that. I, th- I think God wants to say, hey, I, w- I want to help you move on. I, I don't know if any of you guys are Rascal Flats fans. Any, any Rascal Flats fans? Like, I, I think they're just cool. Um, they're old like me now. Um, so I really think they're cool now. Um, th- there's this old song that they sing called I'm Moving On. And if you've never heard it, I'm going to ask you to listen to it today. The lyrics this, and I, I didn't, didn't put this in my notes, I just looked it up. The, the lyric goes, I've dealt with my ghosts and I've faced all my demons. Finally content with a past I regret. I found that you find strength in your moments of weakness. For once I'm at peace with myself. I've been burdened with blame. Trapped in the past for too long. I'm moving on. Remember this one? Right? I've lived in this place and I know all the faces. Each one is different, but they're always the same. They mean me no harm, but it's time that I face it. They'll never allow me to change. But I never dreamed home would end up where I don't belong. 
I'm moving on. I'm moving on. At last I can see life has been patiently waiting for me. And I know there's no guarantees, but I'm not alone. There comes a time in everyone's life when all you can see are the years passing by. And I've made up my mind that those days are gone. Can't get them back. I sold what I could and packed what I couldn't. Stopped to fill up on my way out of town. I've loved like I should, but I lived like I shouldn't. I had to lose everything to find out that maybe forgiveness will find me somewhere down this road. I'm moving on. I love that. Um, it's a great song, just if you want to go hear it. Because I think it's, it's kind of an anthem for some of us that we just can't stay where we've been and expect to find fruit that God wants to give us. There are a couple of thoughts I want to give you as I just wrap this up about how to do what Paul did from Paul's text. Number one is you've got to make a healthy assessment of where you are. And I want to use this word healthy here because making an assessment of yourself, if like me you're prone to beating yourself up. Anybody world class at beating yourself up like I am? Yeah. You know, the person responsible for the biggest bruises in, in my life and losses in my life is me, right? I lead the NCAAs in reaping what I sow, right? Come on. Like, some people reap. It takes them years. Not me. I, I, I'm the fastest reaper of what I've sown in history, and I'm proud of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to make a healthy assessment, meaning you can't just beat yourself up for the losses. You also got to go, hey, but I did have some wins, there, there were some things that I've done well, and there's some things that I didn't do as well. And so look, look at the, at, at, in the text that we read in, in, in Philippians 3. He says, I count myself. That's an assessment. I, I want to read this from the message paraphrase, and it's a paraphrase. I'm not saying you should learn theology from this paraphrase, but I'm saying you can learn a lot about what the writer intended from it. L- look at this. Paul says, I'm not saying that I have this all together that I have it made, but I am well on my way. And, and notice this, I'm reaching out for Christ. I'm not just reaching out for my dreams and my hopes and my ambitions. No, no, no. I'm reaching out for Christ, um, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Wow. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, right? Like, like if you have a resolution this year, or if you haven't made them, then make it to just know Jesus, to know him more, to know him better, to be closer to him. So to, to Jesus, I'm often running and I'm, look at this, and I'm not turning back. I'm, I'm moving on. So, so, so let's, Philippian church, so let's keep, LifePoint church, so let's keep focused on that goal of not turning back, and on Jesus. Those of us who want everything God has for us, and if any of you have something else in mind, meaning you have resolutions that are not going to lead you closer to Jesus, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. God's going to make this happen for you. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, the right path, let's stay on it. Does that make sense? But Paul says, and I, I wish I could just really unpack this part of it. Paul says that he's, 
counting, he's, he's counting myself. He's, like, he's making an assessment of himself. What have I done well? Where have I come up short, right? There's some, there's some honesty implicit in this text, right? I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten it all right. Right? But, but where am I coming up short? And, and what area of my life do I need to work on? What are the things that I need to let go of? What's the one thing that I may need to let go of? So I think it's wise as we make an assessment to identify the one thing that causes loss. See, truth is, every one of you in this room today has this thing. There's something in your life that is draining life out of you that is draining joy out of you, that is draining hope out of you, that is draining health out of you spiritually. So if you own a business, um, at LifePoint, we, we get P&L statements, profit and loss statements from our, our accountants. And we have, uh, I'm going to argue, we have the, the world's greatest CFO, Will, Ken Williamson. I don't know if Ken's in the room. He's been here today, but... He's an incredible mind with, with numbers and finance, and our trustees are amazing at what they do. And I just go, okay, that's what we're doing? Yes, all right, all right. Anyways, um, and, and, and they're amazing, but sometimes you, in a P&L, you'll see, hey, we had a great year or a great month or a great week in terms of what came in. But if you notice the other side of the equation, but we actually somehow we spent more than we took in. And, and if the wise person goes, whoa, 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 that, that's not sustainable, yes or no? Like, I know most of America, our government operates that way, but for the rest of us, that's not wise, yes or no? Right? you got to make an assessment. Hey, yes, there's good things coming in, but there's loss going out, and i got to figure out how and why there's loss, or guess what? You'll end up bankrupt. But it's not just money, y'all. It's life. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some, God's giving me wins, but I got to identify the area of my life, the one thing that's causing the drain. And I got to deal with that. I got le- to leave that behind me before I can reach out to what's, what's next. What's the one thing from your past or from your current reality, your present, that's damaging your present fruitfulness and eroding your future? What is it? That's the one thing I have to let go, the habit, the attitude, the mindset, the way of thinking, the the lack of discipline, the efforting too much and not trusting God with enough. I have to count that. I have to take that into account. Can't ignore it because God wants you a future and he has a hope for you, but you can't move forward until you let go of some things. Paul says again, Philippians 3, he says, "I, I count not myself. Who's doing the counting for Paul? Paul is. Not a trick question. Paul is. You, can, you, can't, you can't say to, to your friend, hey, fix me. Right? You, you got you to make an account of yourself. What's causing the lost? Last year, 2020, came in exhausted at a soul level. I was in a fog. Some of you... Some of you, you know the fog that some of you have been in. Some of you are in right now. You just can't think. You can't get clear. You can't see what's supposed to happen. You don't know what you're supposed to be. And I came in like that. And, and, I, and I felt so depleted and so drained. Like there's more had been taken from me than had been put into me. 
And so I knew it. I took an account and knew something's wrong, but I, I couldn't figure out what it was. So I called some friends, and, and, I, and they, they had a, a counselor. And he's, he's, he was known for people who lead things. He's really great at helping leaders get, make an account. And, and, and it wasn't perfect, and, and I didn't get it all, all squared away, but he helped me get clear on the things that were creating drain for me. But I had to make an account. And then I had to go, you know what, I, I don't know what to do about this, so I'm going to go to somebody who does. See, wise people, I've said this to you a million times, wise people don't, they know what they don't know. So they go to those who do know, that's what makes them wise. Wise people don't think, I know it all. They know they don't know it all. Paul says, I don't, I don't, I don't have it all together, but I'm gonna, I know one thing. And, and, and so wise people go to those who are wise in an area that they're not wise in, and that's what makes them wise. So Paul not only says, I'm going to take an account of the negative things, but I'm going to take account of the positive things, right? He says, I, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now, I've done some good stuff. And here's the point with this is you can't, you can't be a victim to the negative past, but you can't be a victim to the positive past either. Like, you can't be a victim to your past victories. Now, let me explain what I mean. Like, like February the 14th is Valentine's Day, right? Like, men, I want to just give a heads up on that in case you need some extra time. Um, but what if, what if seven years ago you got it, like, perfect? Flowers, chocolates, you know, whatever. Best restaurant, all the good things. Your wife was so happy, she cried, and you were like, yes, I'm going to ride that for the rest of time. Not a good plan. Can't rest on your laurels for seven years. Right? You can't say, hey, babe, remember that time seven years ago? Don't forget, I'm still writing checks off of that. Remember King Solomon, right, in the Bible? Wisest man who ever lived. You go look at his story, like, look at his story. It's just constantly up and to the right, all the way, just win, win, win. All I do is win, win. Anyways. Right? Um... But he rests on his laurels, got complacent, and you look at the back end of his story, not good. A lot of not good. So second thing, make an assessment. Second thing, I got three things, but I'm only going to do two. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> release it. Like, remember, remember from Acts 28 where Paul reaches in to get some sticks to make a fire. Remember this in Acts 28? And a snake grabs a hold of him. It says it fastened itself to him. Right? And what did he do with it? It says he shook it off into the fire. Right? So, so whether you like Taylor Swift or not, she got it right six, seven years ago when she said, what? Shake it off. She also got really rich from that song too. That's why Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind but here's a part that's hard, 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 and I'm done. Your, your future fruitfulness is often going to be found in forgiveness. That part of the process of forgetting what's behind is releasing the people who caused the harm. And that may be in your mind, not true, but it may be in your mind, I've got to forgive God that my mom passed or I lost my uncle or I lost a friend or I lost a, like, or whatever happened because some of us will go, God, I can't believe you did this. God didn't do it. 
but it can, I understand that it can feel that way. And it may be forgiving yourself, right? Can't believe I did that. And I get stuck in that moment. It may be forgiving the person who's harmed you. That fruitfulness in the future like comes with letting go of the bitterness and the anger and the pain and the hurt, letting it go, not forgetting it, not denying that it happened. Moving on. I'm moving on. Some of you are living your life right now. Living in, under the shadow of words that were spoken over you when you were a kid by a mom or a dad or a teacher or an ex. And you're living your life going, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to make it happen, man. And you're living your life, one writer called it, a, uh, he wrote a book called Overcoming a, Your Shadow Mission. And, and it's, a, by the way, it's a short book, but it's a genius book. There's so many of us, men in particular, men in particular, living in shadow, man, I'm going to show you. And maybe dad's not even in your life. Maybe mom's not even in your life. Maybe you don't have any access to that ex or that teacher, but you're still living your life, even though they're never even going to see it. I'll show you. The problem with shadows is shadow shift. And they move and they change when the light turns. Yes or no? So you never capture the shadow. You can't lay hold of the shadow. But some of us are living our lives. Our lives are being dictated by words that were said to us 25 years ago. Let it go. Don't, don't make a monument of a moment and sit around that monument for years. Let it go. Move on. This one thing I do, forgetting, letting go of what's behind me so that I can reach forward to what is ahead. I pray that over you. I pray that for me. I pray that for all of us that this is a year of fruitfulness that begins with a moment of forgetfulness. I forget. I forgive. I let go of. And it's not a single act, everybody. It's a daily discipline that one day you realize I don't need to do it anymore. I've let it go. It's not going to happen because you pray a prayer today, but it can start today because you pray a prayer today. And you got to decide, New Year, what happened to me is so 2020. It's so 2021. I got a new day, a new free freedom that Christ wants to give me. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Do not be entangled again, Paul says. Do not be entangled again by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, um, I, don't, I don't know who uh, needed to hear this other than me. But I'm praying for them right now, right here. Whether they're at home, whether they're listening to this as a podcast later on down the road, I'm praying for us, God, that we would find out what that one thing is. Some of us know it immediately. Immediately we know. And God, if it's necessary, we would repent of that. Yeah, but they did something to me. Yeah, but now it's time to let that go. Hanging on to it is not helping anybody. So let me, God, help me. The way that you made Joseph forget, the way that you made Joseph fruitful, make me that way too, God. Make me um, as your own son. Make me forget. 
what's behind. Make me reach forward for what's ahead. What you have for me, for Jesus himself to go closer to know God more. Get me clear about what matters most. God, I pray that in this day, that in this day, that we would we'd pray. God, and if it's repentance, then I want to just lead us in that. Lord, I pray. God, if there's any sin in my heart, God, if there's any wicked way in my life, if there's any one thing that I'm holding on to that's that's keeping me from what you have for me, then God, I repent of that. I turn from it. I repent. I move away from it by your help, by your grace. Yes, it's powerful in my life. Yes, it has a stronghold. Yes, it's created much damage. I'm not going to deny that, but I'm asking you, make me forget that so that I can become fruitful and what you have for me, God. Do this for us. Give us grace. Those who have suffered great loss, God, I pray you'd comfort them. I pray you'd heal. I pray you'd help. I pray you'd give them grace and strength. God, some have lost moms and dads and brothers and sisters and grandparents. God, and there's so much pain associated with that. But I pray, God, for them that as they honor, as they create legacy ideas around those people, that they not get stuck there. I don't believe that the loved one would ever want them getting stuck in that moment, that you would help them to remember, to honor, to always give uh, their memory to that, but to move forward in Jesus' name. I pray for a fresh start, God. I pray for the person who feels stuck right now. God, some of us just feel trapped. We would love to move forward. We've tried. We've efforted so many ways and so many times. But we haven't let go of something. God, I pray for those who feel helpless and hopeless and stuck and trapped. God, that you would let them know that whom the Son has set free is free indeed, that there is power residing in them through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to break the chains, God, to break the chains that bind, to break the chains, the, the strongholds, the mindsets, the lies they believe. Break them in the name of Jesus and give them and help them walk in new life and in freedom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Can we give God um, some praise? Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.